that a lot of, a lot of things maybe we didn't even realize till we did some research mm-hmm. for this. I always knew reading was extremely important for kids, but I didn't know how much how important it was, right? Right. I didn't either actually until I began this homeschooling journey, I feel like. Um <laughs> For me, I was on the flip side. I'm not a big reader, but I will say that as I started this homeschool journey, I have truly enjoyed reading these books with our kids, and I get so into them, and I'm like, I I come home, Nathan comes home, and I'm like, did you know this, and did you know that, and it's, it's so exciting. I feel like I'm just learning along with our kids, and... I'm almost like, man, what did I miss out on growing up? Because <laughs> I was never the the kid that read. And I I see that in you, which I think is really neat. And I'm starting to see it in our kids. So these, I will start with um, some of the studies that have been done. Just so in, in case you aren't already aware um, that, that it's out there on how important reading aloud is and reading in general. So the Academy... The American Academy of Pediatrics had released new guidelines back in 2014. It was a big deal with all the pediatricians. And it was encouraging parents to read aloud to their kids starting at birth due to the benefits in the parent-child bond as well as brain development. So it was, you know, we... we Kind of always knew that we needed to read, but now they were finding out you could, we really should be starting as early as birth. That even though they're that little, there's already a benefit to it. And then in 2017, they had another article regarding the long-term of, of impacts of reading with your infants and toddlers. Um, so in it, Carolyn Cates, Ph.D., she's a lead author and research assistant professor in the Department of Pediatrics at NYU. Uh, stated the findings, and I quote, suggests that reading to young children beginning even in early infancy has lasting effect on language literacy and early reading skills. And then she goes on to say that what they learn from the readings as an infant actually continues to have an effect four years later when they're entering school, such as kindergarten. Which is amazing. Like, you just wouldn't think that when you look at how small they are. You know, up to four years old, they, they just start to talk usually around two, two and a half. And, but yet their brains are soaking all that up. So this focused, of course, these research articles focused on our littles, right? But reading aloud, as we're beginning to realize, um, is just as important to kids of all ages. And throughout the years, studies have shown that continuing to read aloud as kids are older improves reading and listening skills, which in turn improves their academic performance. So basically, don't forget, once they get hit five, we should continue to read aloud to them. They're never really too old to get it. And um, so... Uh, Scholastic, the company Scholastic, they have a lot of great articles. I I was reviewing over them, and there's some really good material, so I recommend you check them out. Um, We will be putting all these in the show notes so that you can link back to the things we've brought up. But in Scholastic's, uh, they release a kids and family reading report, and in their latest one, it actually shows a decline in kids being read to after the age of five. Like, it just drops off 
because most parents feel like, okay, they're reading, they're starting to read on their own, they're good. And then that's what happens. So based on these studies, um, we now should be able to create a solid foundation in our homeschool curriculum with a focus on reading aloud to our children. So now we're realizing like, now that we know that it really is that important, it's a good foundation to build off of from there. Yeah, I'd actually, when I was looking as well, I found a, um, a study that was done at uh, Ohio State University. And it said that, uh, you know, kids that were read only one book a day will hear about 290,000 more words by age five than those who don't regularly have books read to them. And those that are read five books a day enter kindergarten having heard about 1.4 million more words than kids who were never read to. Wow. Which is, that's a lot, you know, and with mm-hmm. those words comes all the things that we mentioned in the beginning of the, of the show, mm-hmm. um, all, all the positives and the gains that you, that come with that. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just amazing. You just don't yeah. realize, and you know, all the things that they hear and learn over the, over that process is, you know, it's, it's something that can't be gained anywhere else other than really books yeah. and being read to. <laughs> the power of books, really. It is, yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So the studies are out there. There's, you know, you can. This, the thing with studies are they um, you're going to find both sides everywhere. Yeah. More than likely, you're not going to find a whole lot of studies. Which we found. You're not yes. going to find a whole lot of studies that say reading to your kids isn't good. Yeah, that there are, right. that the benefits are no good. Right, or they not don't exist. I, you're really not going to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pretty much everyone agrees on this. Yes. So we did some. Re- we did that research. We found that we found those studies. Now, what methods in homeschooling really? Uh, rely heavily on on this on on reading aloud i believe the one we use right yes so there are several methods that do but i'll speak for charlotte mason's method because it is the one we are doing and i was drawn to her method for that reason um so if you don't know a whole lot about her um she really is a big advocate of reading aloud to your children um, her whole curriculum is very, uh, it's heavy literature based and she was a British educator from the early 1900s. So I, I mean, to me right there, I'm like, man, this lady was ahead of her time for the early 1900s. And she already knew what the kids needed back then. And here we are like years later, like, oh yeah, this really is important for our I'm kids. I'm sure she probably didn't get $2 million from a university to do the studies <laughs> exactly. either. She just figured it out that it was important. Right? Yeah, so. yes. And she basically devoted her life to improving the quality of children's education and that it wasn't just to sit there and read textbooks all day and, and that's it. And she realized that this is not a good education. Um, so I wanted to just, one of the quotes that I love from her, cause they, uh, she, there is a book out there. Um, and I can link that also to the show notes, but she says, children should have the joy of living in far lands and other persons at other times, a delightful double existence. And this joy they will find for the most part in their storybooks. 
it's just, I mean, it's so true. Like the power again of books that it can just transport you to a whole nother world, even though you're still sitting on your bed, you know, <laughs> it gets your imagination going. But uh, her approach to education um, is the use of real living books instead of textbooks. So if you don't know what living books are, they're basically books written by a person who has a passion for that subject that make the book interesting and feel like they're coming alive. One of the ones we read recently, which we have more in our curriculum, I just don't have it with me right now, but uh, like 52 Days by Camel. I want to <laughs> do a little report on that, hopefully. Yeah, that one we definitely have to put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a, a, a like a little... Um, like a book report. Book report yeah. on it, I guess, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Because that was awesome. It really was. I'm huge on travel books. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool. Because I would come home and I think they taught me how to cook goat meat. Uh, in the desert one day when I came from from work after listening to the, that book, something like what was it? It was no, it was desert bread. Desert bread. I'm sorry, not goat meat. Not goat meat. <laughs> desert bread. Oh yeah, but yeah. He's so into it. And I remember our son, and they were like, "Yeah, it was amazing." And it, it it's like that is it. This guy was a traveler, and he was just he loves deserts and this is an example of a living book because he's passionate about deserts and so he goes travels and he talks about his travels yet the kids are learning so much about that area that culture that geography in a very interesting book yes again you don't need a textbook to to get the no they they taught me a lot Mm -hmm. and this book it's not that long of a book no and they they took a ton of information out of it and were so excited to tell me about it Mm -hmm. and you would uh bust out the maps and the globe with it yes and then they could pinpoint where these countries Mm -hmm. were that he was traveling through yes uh which most people most adults can't find certain countries on a globe no or on a map Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't, I, again, I am learning with them and I feel like this is like such a great education. It's better than what I did growing up, but yes. And Charlotte Mason, I was going to bring that up. That was one of her things was to pull out maps. And every time you read about a place, even if it's not geography class, point it out so they can make connections as they go along and even, um, timelines, she was huge on, on forming a big timeline. I didn't do it this school year because being our first year, I didn't want to overwhelm myself, but I want to do that next year. I think it is so neat if you can create this giant timeline and as you read your books, you put these events that happen and then they actually start to see it come together in their different subjects, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it also when you read books like that about uh, you know places overseas and all over the world, you're, you're creating like... Um, a global citizen and your child, yeah, you, you know, are. a world, a citizen of the world. Yes. Um, and it helps them to be way more open-minded about different cultures, even if you can't actually travel there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we yeah. do love to travel, but we don't have the ability to travel all over the, over the world right now. Right. And, um, there's some places that we just can't go, can't get mm-hmm. to. And this gives them the ability to travel there, at least in their minds. Yes. And know that things aren't, Things aren't the same as they are here. No, yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, (laughs) even, like I said, even adults. 
mm-hmm. and the fact that they under they they see that there's people who still cook bread under under the sand in the desert mm-hmm. or tra- actually travel with camels mm-hmm. you, you know that that's just that's just a, a that just blows their mind yeah, but does. then every time we read more about it they're like oh okay there's different cultures in this world mm-hmm. who live a completely different lifestyle than we do and that's really cool and yeah. what was the first thing they said after we read those books they want to go there they want to go there <laughs> and i was like heck yep. yeah i was like let's Let's start making start making a list because you, you don't have to tell me twice to go travel yes, somewhere. Yes, and they are definitely making a list. I'm like, whoa, okay, we got we got our work cut out. Yeah, there's some places where we probably have to put it on the uh, the back burner mm-hmm. uh, because of the ages. The ages, and it's you know we're it's probably not the safest place to go. Some yes. some, of, some of the places we've read about, but uh, they just don't realize that. However, uh, it's it's um, it's been amazing for them. I, I love it. Yeah, it really has. It's so cool. So now now that we've gotten through that and the Char- we use the Charlotte Mason method, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's heavy on reading. Yes. How do you actually implement that into your daily homeschooling program? Okay, so first of all, um, we I just want to point out the the biggest thing about the big one of the benefits I should say about Charlotte Mason's method or in general if you choose to apply reading aloud certain subjects in your school day is that you can combine multiple ages which I feel like for most of us homeschool moms that can that that's just huge because there's only one of you and you can have a wide variety of ages in your family and so for us right now you know technically I only have two out of the three because the two-year-old kind of runs around the house and he'll come and listen and run around the house but I've got the kindergartner and a third grader yet with that gap I can still combine subjects together through read aloud and they're going to each take it in differently based on their age level. And if I ask questions, I'll just ask it age appropriate, but they can still hear the same thing. So the subjects that we do are for, with applying read aloud and applying Charlotte Mason's method specifically is uh, religion, story time, literature, U.S. and ancient history and geography. And so those are the subjects that we do. And then with that, with the read alouds, I try to find ways to help the kids connect with the books and, and to help retain the information. So like Charlotte Mason encourages what we said already, the use of maps and timelines with books. I try to find YouTube video clips when we talk about certain things or like a certain time or an event that occurred. One example off the top of my head is we have continued to read the the Pharaohs of Ancient Egypt book for Ancient Egypt class as another living book. And if we talk about something and I can just tell that they're kind of staring blankly because they can't really envision it. And they're like, even as simple as like, we were talking about a chariot and I'm trying to describe to them what a chariot is. And they're probably thinking a more modern like horse and buggy. So I pull up a video clip on YouTube of an, of a ancient Egypt 
chariot during that time. And then even like the things that they wore, or if I can even find a clip that kind of mimics with a, a certain event that happened in a, a movie that was remade that, and there's a small clip about that. So actually easier for us up here with Amish country right down the road. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the Amish family we saw going down the road? Similar to kind that. like that. <laughs> I think that's actually what they were envisioning. And I was yeah. like, well, it's slightly different, but almost the same, sure. you know, because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how they were going out into war on these things. And our son's like, oh my gosh, like they're in, they're going to war, and he's probably envisioning the the Amish wagon. Yeah, yeah if you're not from this area or haven't been around Amish Amish country, it's one of the coolest things. It's like going back in time. So you can go to the Dollar General up the road, mm-hmm. and there will be a horse and carriage tied up to a hitching post out in in the parking lot. It's so cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so we're at the stoplight. There'll be a horse and carriage at the stoplight uh, with the whole family in it. And it's just really neat. It's like going back in time, and, and, and they just like live right in you know the midst of all the hustle and bustle of the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, they don't let it stop their way of life. No, they live in little pockets with you know their farms and stuff, but uh, really cool. It is. If you ever get a chance to come visit, it's something you have to see. Yeah, and I think it's neat that our kids witness that too. Yeah. Uh, so then, let's see. Field trips. I know we did our, we did do our, one of our last episodes with making connections, right? Mm -hmm. That, that also talks a lot about this as far as, and, and for me, I'm bringing this up again because this is how you can, again, help improve the read alouds, like for them to enjoy it and to retain that information even more. So field trips such as the museum, because we are still reading of swords and sorcerers. And when we talked about in the last episode, we did the Cleveland museum of art and they had a whole exhibit on nights and they're able to, again, visualize everything that we're reading, uh, virtual field trips. I also spoke about that on our, our don't let the winter blues get you down. Uh, and we actually just did a virtual field trip because we're reading Charlotte's web. They have a, several different options on the website. And so I wanted to find one that kind of applied to something similar that we're reading. We're reading Charlotte's web for a story time right now. And so we did a virtual field trip to a dairy farm and that was actually really fun. They enjoyed that one. So if you, again, you guys need to check that out. I mentioned that on the winter blues episode on that subject. Mm -hmm. If you live in the Northeast Ohio area, the, uh, it's Lake County, right? The farm park. Yes. The Lake County Metro farm park Mm -hmm. is amazing. It is. Yeah, yes. so look, look that one up if you live in this area. If That's you want right. to take the kids over there. Yes. Uh, they actually show you the... Um, how you milk a cow. How you milk a cow with, you know, modern machinery, mm-hmm. not by hand. But, uh, and then they, they have, like, working uh, dogs that work the sheep there. Yeah. Uh, what the heck, what else? The horse, they had the horse ring going on. We missed the horse show. Then they have all the different animals. Yeah, it is, it is really clean. It is really well done. It, it was awesome. Yeah. So if you live in this area, a uh, really cool field trip to take with the kids. Yeah, it's a ton of education there. Yeah, uh, re- very educational. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gosh, they, even the, remember the whole room and the, the building in the back with all the beehive information? Oh, that's right. They have, they have. Just uh, so much. I they forgot. Have, <laughs> they have bees there too. 
right? Yeah. Like a bunch of bee boxes and. Um, and they they frequently do different educational days there for you to go and learn about it, like the maple syrup thing coming up. Yes. So again, that's just if you live here. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so then crafts, crafts is another thing. When you're reading a book, you can do crafts or artwork to help tie that book. And we did one of the examples, cause we've done a lot of that as we read. Well, I'll try to tie in our art days into what we're reading. We did chalk paint to create a Pharaoh and they loved that, especially our son <laughs> and make a meal. You can make meals from books that you're reading if you can find maybe they're having a certain type of food in that that the age the period that it's in or if they actually talk about a specific meal in the book go ahead and make it i think that again it, it gets them excited for what they're reading like we're going to roast goat meat outside right oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> according to you <laughs> I'm excited for I'm, it. I'm more about let's go do some <laughs> desert bread than that. <laughs> and then the last thing I had to help tie it all up was movies, which I feel like we've spoken about briefly in the past, but watch a movie when you're done with a book, if it's available for the book that you're reading. When we're done with Charlotte's Web, I want to watch that with them. They, they've already been so into the book. And I think that they haven't seen Charlotte's Web either yet. So that'll be fun when they watch that when we're done with it. Or you can do what I just did. Our daughter is reading The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And she got she read chapter one. And I could tell she was having a hard time getting into it. And so I, I just thought maybe we should just do it backwards. And let's watch the movie first. And then hopefully it'll spark an interest. So we did. So we watched the movie and it worked. She like the next day when we got into reading time and she started reading it, she actually enjoyed it more. And she said that she could visualize the characters better. Now she's like, I can actually see, you know, now I'm reading about this character. I can, I can see him in my head, which I thought was neat. And what was also cool is if you haven't heard of Sarah McKenzie, all she is amazing. She's the guru of read alouds. I'll go back to her later. But in one of her podcasts, she mentions that the same thing. You don't always have to watch the movie when it's done. That sometimes it's even better if they see it before they read the book. Well, maybe they, they now they know something really cool is coming. Yeah. You know, a lot of these books, it's. It, it's not that exciting through the At first the couple right? of chapters, and you know, when you're a kid, it's hard to you know get through. But if you know the, that exciting stuff is coming eventually, you know, yeah, it helps a lot. Yep. So try that if anything, because uh, it worked for our daughter. So that's how we be, that's how we apply it, and then we also visit the library weekly. I feel like if you visit it at least once a week. First of all, it, it changes up something in your homeschool schedule. Our kids always look forward to it. Even when we're there, they pick out the books and then they just love exploring the library. And then it, it, I feel like it helps feed that love for reading and for books. And it's just constantly changing up our material at home. So we do that and then we even designated one shelf on our beautiful bookcase 
that we actually had done by the Amish. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Amish made. Mm-hmm. But we have one shelf in our bookcase and it's just for our library books. And I feel like they kind of think that that's special too, that it's constantly changing. And so they always know where to go when they want to go to their library picks. Well, what's the famous line from uh, the movie with Matt Damon? Goodwill Hunting. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. And he he tells a guy, you spent 60000 I'm not going to get this exactly right, but he said, <laughs> you, you spent $60,000 on an education you could have gotten for like $1.50 in late fees from the public library. Yeah. Right? And he's right. Yes. It's, uh, you know, this there's this massive knowledge at the public library, and it's all held in these books. And, all and free. it's all for free, as it's long amazing. as you return them on time. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and even if you don't, it's not a whole lot of money. It's a lot less than purchasing the books if you can get away with it. Um, so, so yeah, they love going there because it's exciting for them to mm-hmm. think, oh, what subject are we going to read about this week? Yeah. Because not only do you read in, uh, you know, in class during the day. Yeah. We read at night before bed. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then they also, they'll also they also pick up books randomly and read on their own. Yeah. They're, they're on a kick right now with mm-hmm. the, the Who Was series. Yes. Yeah, the Who Was series. I like, I like those. Me or, too. You know, yeah. They're you know, nonfiction books mm-hmm. about um, you know, famous people in history. Mm-hmm. And uh, they absolutely love them, which is great because they're learning so much. But we just read, uh, you know, for MLK Day, we read the one on Martin Luther King. Yep. And then uh, we're reading our son has got really into the Underground Railroad. Yes. Right? And part of that is up here in Ohio, mm-hmm. which is why you were kind of reading. Yes, for our about Ohio it. history. Ohio yeah. history. Mm-hmm. So we got a book on the Who Was on Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And we're in the middle of that right now. Yep. And they find that fascinating. And, uh, and then King Tut. Yep. The other one. <laughs> get that. Loving that loves ancient. the ancient Egypt stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see them want to read mm-hmm. nonfiction books. Yeah, they're picking it out. I don't, when we go to the library... I let them have at it. This sure. is their time. This is their pleasure reading, and they're picking out some good stuff. They are. Yeah, we don't have to direct them to mm-hmm. do it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. So a, a couple tips, again, to to plug into your, your daily routine, your busy routine. As we keep hearing how important reading is, one, I, I remember I had heard somewhere along the way with, the stuff I've read and the podcasts I listen to that if you're having a busy day, which many of us do as homeschool parents, and if it's a busy day, if you have appointments or maybe your kids are all off or that toddler is just really running amok for the day and you're having a hard time getting some of those other subjects done, when in doubt, just read, just get the reading done. As we see the statistics, there's just so much there for them to learn. Get the reading done and and then call it a day. And at least you feel like you got something important done. It's And reading aloud, the other beauty of it is that it's convenient. Last week, I was, I was having a busy day. And we were having to get to my daughter's uh, violin lesson. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grab the book and take it with us. So we pulled up and we were early to her lesson. So we literally sat in the parking lot and I did our read aloud for ancient Egypt in the car. 
and it worked. It was great. They didn't want me to stop reading. I was like, well, we have to get out of the car. We have to go to the lesson now. But I mean, that's how convenient it is. You know, it, if it's a busy day like that, even if you've got doctor's appointments, take it with you. You the know, flexibility of homeschooling, the right? flexibility. Thank you. That's yeah. the word, the, conven- the convenience and flexibility of it. You can make it work. And especially with reading. I mean, it just, it's so, it, it makes learning, I feel like easier in that sense. Take turns reading aloud with older kids. If you have older kids, I know not all of you are in that stage yet, but I, you know, even with our eight-year-old, we take turns with some of the subjects and it's not necessarily that I'm asking her. She wants to, she likes that, that, that sense of, of taking lead in that subject. And, and then it also, you know, they get a break from, from my, for me, mm-hmm. and I get a break. You know, it's exhausting talking all day. <laughs> so, we well, yeah, that uh, book uh, on Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. She would, didn't want us to read that no. at all. No, uh, they were reading that at night mm-hmm. to, um, you know, for it was for her and the our five year old. Yeah, but we offered, and she wanted to read that all herself. She yep. blew through that entire book and was really into it, and she pulled a ton of information from it. And they were, yeah, they were both really interested in mm-hmm. that subject. It was the first time that we had, you know, they kind of um, realized uh, or, or came across racism. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. in that book, and it made them, like, open up their eyes, like, oh, my gosh, like, this actually took place yeah. in history, and, yeah, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, when, when it, you know, when I was reading about some of the benefits of Read Aloud, when we were doing some research for this episode, it mentioned it increases their empathy. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't sure what that meant, you know. I was like, well, how does it do that? And then when we were reading that book... And now the book on Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. I saw exactly what they meant. Yeah. They have empathy for those characters in that book who mm-hmm. you know, obviously were, were real individuals, but mm-hmm. they have empathy for them. You can see it. They Like our son was like, like oh, you know, I, I can't believe they would treat somebody like that. And, you know, poor Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I know you're right, buddy. Mm-hmm. That, uh, it, it was a, something terrible that happened in history. Um, but you can see that he actually has empathy for them. Yeah, even our daughter, when she was reading, it was a couple times that she would pause and just look up at us. And I'm thinking, well, she read everything right. Why is she looking? And I realized it was like a, a harsh thing she just read. Mm-hmm. And it was like she was in disbelief, like, I can't believe this. Well, the thing about reading books like that is... Sometimes their kids are insulated, mm-hmm. and when they realize the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows for the first time, mm-hmm. like we get to witness that. Yeah. When they see for the first time that it's not what they thought it was. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. bad people out there, and bad things have happened, and they come across that in a lot of the books that we read. But I think that's okay. Yeah. It, it brings up a, a opportunity to teach other lessons as yes. well. And again, beauty of homeschooling, we get to be the ones to teach that opportunity. Yes, right. <laughs> so some other things that you can do for quote-unquote reading aloud, it doesn't always have to be you. LibriVox. LibriVox is basically free public domain of audiobooks, if you haven't heard of it. 
I had not. I know you had. I have. Yeah. <laughs> you were aware of it. Well, I've used it before, cause, you know, to listen. Right. Books, but. And somebody told me about it, and I was like, "What?" And there's an you can get an app on your phone. And so some of the books that are in tied into our curriculum are actually in the, on LibriVox, and that has been very convenient. And it's free. And it's free. Thank you. Now yes. these books are all books that are part of the public domain, which mm -hmm. means they're the copyright has run out. Right. Right. So they're yes. older books. Thank you for yeah. So you can't better. go. So you're not going to get a new book. No. Mm -mm. On there. Uh, for free, it doesn't right. work like that. But however, the, you know, the, the, all the classics are on there. Yes. So we were even an, another day that we were having to run around to take care of some stuff, important things. And it was falling on a school day, and I was trying not to give up my school day to make up on another day. And I was like, you know what? If we're gonna be in the car a lot, let's take LibriVox with us. Remember, I plugged it into the audio in the car mm -hmm. and. We listened to our U.S. history in the car ride that day, along with, I think, another subject that was on LibriVox. I think our Storytime book was on there. And it, it's just so convenient. It is. And, you know, we don't get me wrong, we do this on long trips, but instead of putting maybe a movie on in the car, mm -hmm. put a book on. Yes. Yep. You know? And you can knock, you can knock out your, your, your class room work yeah but even if it's not for that if it's just for pleasure yes absolutely. instead of putting a movie on and let that imagination grow yeah stick the stick a book on tape yep they even listen to your audiobooks in the truck yeah sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie i don't i don't want to give up the radio and uh i listen to i listen to books um the audio books when I drive. And so sometimes as long as it's okay for them to listen to, I, we, we do listen to that. Yeah. And they, they actually they they get enjoy it. it, especially our son. He loves it. Mm -hmm. He does. Asking questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I usually have to pause it quite a bit, but we do. And I ended up missing a lot of it, but that's okay. That's what the, you know, the, the point, rewind right? buttons for you. So yeah, that would be another one. Our audio books and audio books. You can get, from the library. So oh, again, yeah. free, free resource. They even have these, if you haven't seen them, these were new to me this year too, because one of our library, local libraries here has it while the other does not, but they're called playerways. They're in these little orange kits and it's like an all in one kit where it has the the audio book in this little it almost like looks like an iPod basically iPod to me it almost reminds me of an old small Walkman <laughs> okay a Walkman or an iPod but it's like yeah it's like a unit mm -hmm. that just holds that one audio book on it right it's and made then for kids comes with the battery yes and all you need are your headphones yeah so you don't have to put you know dirty headphones on that right. everybody's been using you <laughs> use your own headphones you plug it in mm -hmm. and it's it's they're made for kids and it's that it's that one book that's that's on there but they're typically going to be over by like um the dvds right yes i'm trying to if, think if your library has movies it's most do now yes but. yeah the one near us it, they put it by the dvd section mm -hmm. yeah our kids love it because they feel like they're so cool with their little <laughs> headphones on going in the corner to listen to their audio books. Right. <laughs> so that way they can also listen to their own. Not everybody's listening to it and mm -hmm. can go listen to it in their room. Now, if your kid's used to walking around with their own iPhone, probably not going to be so cool. No. <laughs> 
That's right. Our kids don't have that. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they have their own iPhone, then I guess they can get their podcast, which would be the next thing I was going to talk yeah. about. Podcasts are amazing for the kids, too, because there are several podcasts out there that have... You know, we know that, that there's the ones that you said that they have, they talk about the science or um, religion or it, all kinds well, of different subjects, subject, yeah. really. But then there's the ones that actually tell a story. So the ones that, one of our kids' favorites, and I feel like I, we can't get them off of it. No, the, <laughs> the pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the favorite. It's by Kids for Kids. By Kids for Kids. It's really good. It I really have to is. give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- they the production is like top notch. Yes, and it's not just them reading it. They have sound effects mm-hmm. and background noises, and, and it's kids telling characters. It. And the, yeah, they're actually kids reading these stories, mm-hmm. and uh, it's good. It is, and, and they have a lot of the classics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a lot of the classic stories. Yep. Um, and it, but our son, like he's like listened to every one of them multiple times. And it's hard to get him to listen to any other podcast now because he likes that one so much. Yes. He just keeps re-listening. But, you know, we'll get home, and if it's like we, we usually do it on, uh, on like, longer car, car rides, yeah. he'll, want, he'll, he'll ask for it every time. He does. Can I listen to Buy Kids, for Kids? Sure. And then when we get home, <laughs> it's always on Sundays when we get home from groceries. Mm-hmm. When we're unpacking. We're usually uh, listening to it on the ride home. And he wants to keep listening, so we... Send him up to like the den, mm-hmm. and he'll just lay there on the floor and listen to stories on yeah, that like podcast. begging, begging, please let me. Yeah, it's continue great. Listening. <laughs> so that that's the one we have experience with. I wanted to at least give you two more so you guys could go venture into. I listen to them, and they're also good. Sleepyhead stories, and then story time. Those are all. Uh, stories that you can get on your on podcasts, which I feel like are very useful because with the podcast or audiobooks, you can utilize them for let's say that you have you're in the stage of life where a lot of your kids are young and you're having a hard time getting read aloud done. And again, this can go even for if you just want to play a story, obviously, at any time of day. But if you're trying to actually get a read aloud done in your school day, you're having a hard time because the the toddler's screaming and maybe you have a baby too and your oldest isn't quite there yet to be able to take over and read, then put on a podcast or an audio book. And then that way you're still getting a read aloud, but you can sit and maybe entertain the toddlers and the babies while everybody's listening to the story. So it gives you a break as well. And real quick, another great resource is Audible, right? Yes. Which is through Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if you get on Amazon, it's... Um, uh, subscription through mm-hmm. Amazon, and it's another awesome research uh, resource that you can use. Yes, I, I, I keep hearing that there's just so many uh, books on there. <laughs> there is, and and you get 
newer books and uh, because you pay for it, yes. right? So the mm-hmm. LibriVox, it's free. However, it's mostly older older right. books. Mm-hmm. Um, Audible, you can get anything on there. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. That'll be something that we'll probably be looking into, mm-hmm. I feel like, soon. And then lastly, I have here is Storytime from Space is another one that we've been incorporating Oh yeah. So cool. Yeah, she sent me pictures <laughs> of that at work the other day and that was just, that was neat. Yeah, my sister actually sent me this one. I had no idea this existed. It's it's actually called Storytime from Space. We'll link that in the show notes, but it's basically a project of the Global Space Education where they're sending children's books to the International Space Station. And the astronauts will then record themselves on video in space reading these children's books. And they're, so the kids actually get to see them in this little space unit and see outside their window. And it's just so cool that they're like, oh my gosh, this is an astronaut. An astronaut is reading to us. And, and then they actually go through the whole book and they do great. And our kid, my, our kids loved it, that they wanted to, go on to the next one, but I'm like, nope, this is like a treat. We'll do this once a week so that we don't blow through the whole list. They have a list right now, but it's not huge, which is why I want to just stick to like once a week, but it's continuing. They already have two posted for like coming soon. So it's, this is something I feel like that's an up and coming that the space program is doing. I also saw that they're starting to add in some projects, I think to help promote uh, science and STEM and all STEM, that. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to put that in the show notes, right? How to get yes. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will definitely. So that's what I had for how we incorporated into our school day. <laughs> okay. And be- uh, before we wrap the show up, what I, I, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to talk about, uh, creating a reading environment, right? Yes. A cool place to read. Yes. Which I always remember that, like I said, as a kid, was like in my bed. I used to have this like tent that would go over my bed, <laughs> and I'd have my flashlight in there. And I always remember sitting in there and reading. But for us, what we did to create uh, a reading environment was we turned our dead into in kind of like a little reading nook, right? Yes. So we got the bookcase. We mm-hmm. have all their books on the bookcase. Mm-hmm. The couches are in there. Yep. There's no TV. No. We have a radio up there. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yep. And uh, we bought, we have a fireplace downstairs, but up in the den we didn't. So what we did was we went and bought a small electric fireplace yeah. and we stuck it in there. And now you guys go in there. Mm-hmm. during your reading time yep. and sit in front of the fireplace yes. and read, right? Love it. Absolutely love it. It's just, it, they, they like yearn for that too. They love it. And it, it just gives it that nice, like cozy environment. I like you. I like how you reminded me that, yeah, we, we purposely have a room where there is no TV of so, course, yeah. so that it just brings us together as a family. And it's, it's, it really has become the reading room. Honestly, like I, I love it. So we have that room that we've designated as a reading area. We do have the room downstairs. It has the TV. We don't put it on obviously during that time, but we have another fireplace down here and it just changes the scene for the kids. So you're, you just change it up, bounce around in your house if possible. 
and I feel like every time we move to a different room, it has something in there that entices the kids to get cozy and listen to the stories and learn. Well, you can, it's, it's a mindset too, I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially for kids, but even me, it's, it's like, okay, what, what world are we traveling to next? What, what place and time are we traveling <laughs> to next? Let's sit and, and get excited yeah. about this. And when you're, you know, when you're in a, a certain area, like surrounding you, mm-hmm. it, it helps. It does. It really does. The environment does. So in our school room, when I had set that up, which a lot of our learning is there, obviously. But even there, I made sure that we have a, a little futon in there. We have one of those, I don't even know what it's called, those big circular chairs. It's like a beanbag <laughs> chair on a, on a stand. <laughs> on a platform. I don't know what that yes. thing is. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> but our kids love it. And they get in there with those books. And they even do. the toddler will curl in that chair with our older daughter as she reads and he he just snuggles up next to her i love it yeah you gotta be you have to be comfy when you're reading you do you don't want to be sitting on like a a (laughs) flat back wooden chair it's terrible nope and if they have to sprawl out on the floor they sprawl out on the floor so create that environment for them help them to love what they're doing yes and enjoy the moment and what they're doing When the weather's nice, we read outside. That is a beautiful break, too, of the indoors. And it's the perfect opportunity to just go outside. And whether it's on... We have gone on the back porch. We have gone out in our back patio. There's two different areas. And then even, like, throw a blanket out in your backyard and get on the blanket and read with your books out there. Yeah, even bring, like, a little picnic. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Make it fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done it. Camping, yes. right? Is that going to go with that? We, yeah. yeah, so we, we're <laughs> big on camping. We have a camper. And what we love to do is do campfire stories, yes. right? So yes. at the end of the day, we'll when we're roasting marshmallows at night, we'll read a story. So the last time we went, we did... Um, the Trojan Horse, right? Yeah, that was the last one we were reading. You're right. Mm-hmm. So we sat down, we were sitting around the campfire, and we, read, we were reading about the Trojan Horse, mm-hmm. and they loved it. They did. They got really into <laughs> it. You know, it's it's like, we read for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. No. But just enough to where we make it, uh, that's a family thing now, is when we go camping, we do campfire stories. It's memorable. It is very memorable. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Another way you can do it. And... I feel like this kind of falls into creating a reading environment. One thing that I've read more on and then we are experiencing with our own son is that let them, if, if they're the type of kid that needs to keep their hands busy or move around, let them do it. (laughs) Studies um, show that it does, it, it helps them to focus and listen better. Another article that I had read from Scholastic was titled, Hands On is Minds On. And Ben Mardell, PhD, is a researcher from Harvard University. He stated, kids learn through all their senses and they like to touch and manipulate things It also goes on to say that hands-on activities activate kids' brains. So, I mean, that's powerful stuff. And I read this and I see it in our son. Like, he, he cannot sit still when we're 
not, not even just during read aloud, but in other subjects like science, <laughs> he has to be doing something. And I used to be skeptical about it all until I just started to be like, okay, well, every now and then I'm just going to check on him. Like, okay, what did we just read? And he will sit there and spit back what we just read. Yeah, you did it. You did it one night. You got upset with him, mm -hmm. and you tried to call him out. <laughs> yeah. And then he answered all your questions, and I just looked at you. And I was so mad. I was mad. <laughs> you're mad. You're mad because you, you, uh, you, you definitely didn't think he was listening. No, I, I thought I was going to get to have an argument with him. <laughs> yes. And and they do. So let them, let them do whatever it is they need to do. As long as you, you know that they're not really spiraling out of control, because sometimes that does happen to him too. He'll start to really, it's the two year old. I feel like will catch him and like bring him into his mess. So that I have to be more cautious of, but other than that, if they need it, let them do it. So some suggestions are, um, coloring so give them coloring pages with pencils crayons markers whatever it is they want legos blocks magnets um and then it's not even just for the the older kids but even for like the toddler if you want him to him or her to try to sit and listen to story time or at least not interrupt story time or getting through books give them snacks and that'll help them at least be quiet because they're shoving food in their mouth. It always works for our son, our, our littlest son, is to give him the snacks. Or even the big kids, if you want to incorporate it during snack time or lunch time, you know, they're eating and listening and it's enjoyable that way too. Well, good. So I think that's all we have, right? Yep. It's getting late again. It is. I just want to make sure that if you don't already know about Sarah McKenzie, um, she is, like I said earlier, she is the guru in my book of Read Aloud. And she has a, a website called Read Aloud Revival. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, she's basically a homeschooling mom of six. And she has a website that has a blog with wonderful resources, including free book lists. So if you're like, yeah, I'm ready to go do all this read aloud, but what books are we going to do? Even if it's like for our enjoyment, it's not part of the curriculum. She gives you all of that. And these are, these are good books. She also has a podcast and a Facebook page that you can follow both. They're, they're both called read aloud revival as well. So I'll put that in the show notes, but she's a wonderful resource for all of this that we just spoke of. Yeah. Is that the book that you just ordered too? No, that was another homeschool oh, okay. mom. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> we'll have to do that another time. <laughs> That'll be another episode. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to leave, uh, finish this episode with a quote from Albert Einstein that I thought was really neat. Mm -hmm. He said, the only thing you absolutely have to know there's a location of the library. <laughs> Couldn't come from a smarter guy, right? Right. So yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was really neat. But other than that, I hope everybody has a wonderful day, wonderful night, wherever you are. Thank you again to uh, Columbus, Ohio yeah. for being our keep top listeners. Yeah, keep it coming. <laughs> and uh, our, our friends overseas. So everybody, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Project Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or suggestions that we can discuss on the show, send us an email at thehomeschoolprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone.